We are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now what we realize as you read in Revelation 22 and 2, you find that there is a tree of life in heaven on either side of the river of life. Now it's important that we understand this because it is God's will for us to tap the tree of life. God wants us to tap the tree of life. But he's not going to let Satan tap into it. Now let's read in Proverbs chapter 15. Verse 4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Now, the tree of life was in the Garden of Eden. Adam didn't get to tap into it. It's going to be in heaven on either side of the river of life. There'll be a tree of life on either side of the river of life. But we can tap the tree of life here on earth today, the nearest thing that you will ever get to the tree of life here on the earth while you're living here in this flesh, blood, and bone body is the wholesome tongue. Now, there's actually two or three things that Proverbs says is a tree of life. But I want to center up on this because I think the important thing is that you understand how you tap the tree of life, and it's with the wholesome tongue. Uh, One translation says the healing of the tongue is the tree of life. Adam was given dominion over the earth. Fallen angels, well, let's say it this way. The fallen angels, there is no salvation for angels. Have you ever stopped to wonder why it is that there is salvation for mankind when Adam sinned, he committed high treason, and there is no salvation for angels? The answer is very simple. God gave Adam the authority to have dominion over the earth. Satan didn't have dominion over this earth in Adam's time. Now, there was a time that he ruled, but he didn't rule in Adam's time. And Adam had the right of choice as well as the ability of choice. Now, Satan did not have our, let's say, Lucifer, the archangel. He had the ability of choice, but he didn't have the right to it. Lucifer and angels have the ability of choice. They can make choices, but they don't have the right to make the choice. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, Adam not only had the ability to make a choice, he had the right of choice. God gave him that right. And that makes a difference. So that's the reason that there is salvation for mankind and there is no salvation for angels. In Isaiah 14 and also in Ezekiel 28, It tells us how that Satan said, I will exalt my throne. See, Lucifer said, I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. See, he had the ability to choose, but he didn't have the right to that. Just the same as angels today. Angels, even the angels that are not fallen, do not have the right of choosing their own words. They are to speak, proclaim what God gives them to speak. And any time an angel were to step out of that realm, it's curtains for them. But Adam was given full dominion and authority over the earth. He was capable of operating in the same kind of faith that God had. And I think Jesus bears this out very vividly here in Mark, the ninth chapter, where 
verse 23, he says, All things are possible to him that believeth. Now, we know that Adam sinned, and he fell, and he became subordinate to Satan, Then his faith wouldn't work, and his faith was perverted to fear. And that's what caused tragedy in his life. And it'll cause tragedy in the life of any individual that allows the devil to pervert their faith to fear, change it to fear. And many people are allowing the devil to do that. The devil comes with a big smoke screen and says, well, you know, this is not going to work this time. I know what the Word says, but it won't work this time. And if he can get you to quote that, he'll turn your faith to fear. And the things that you speak will create an image inside you until you believe what he's saying. And you'll believe what you're saying. I think it's important that we understand that God has given us the power of the tongue. The wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Speaking the thing. Speaking what God said. Proclaiming what God said. Creates an image inside you. Words produce images. Now... The Spirit of God has showed it to me this way, and I want to share it with you the way He shared it with me. The words that we speak with our tongue, with our mouth, if they agree with the Word of God, you see, we are speaking the thing that God said, the thing that He said about us, and it'll produce faith inside us. Not only does it do that, but it imprints indelibly upon the spirit of man, what the Bible calls the heart, the impression of those words. See, words produce pictures. Now, whether you realize it or not, words produce pictures and impressions in your spirit. I could begin to describe my automobile to you, and I could describe it in the most minute detail until, you know, I give you the license number and everything. You could go find it in a parking lot and say, I know that that car belongs to Charles Cat, but you've never seen it with your natural eye. But what I would do is with my words describe it until it created an image inside you. Now that's what Satan has in store for you. is to tap the tree of life that God has given you, which is the wholesome tongue, and get you to proclaim the things that he says that are contrary to the word of God, completely opposite, until it puts an impression in your spirit and causes fear to come. Now, here's the way the Spirit of God showed it to me. He said, it's like a film. This human spirit is like a film in a camera. Whatever you expose it to, and actually, I think, when we're talking about the human spirit, you say what you continually expose it to will be what image that is imprinted on. Now, you know that a camera, you just click it once and expose it to light, in a certain direction, and that's the image you have. The human spirit, and what the Bible calls the heart, works that way. You expose it to a situation and continually by words, by speaking, by proclaiming, by saying, and it creates an image inside you of the things you've been saying. Now, that's what the devil's out to do. You see, not only was the devil out to tap the tree of life, there that was in the Garden of Eden, he is still trying to tap the tree of life that God has given you. Your tongue is the tree of life. It's the closest thing to the tree of life that you'll ever obtain in this life. In fact, it will bring you eternal life if you use it the way God says to use it. 
For Paul says, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, he said, thou shalt be saved. Believe in thy heart. Well, you see, that comes about by hearing the Word, speaking the Word, and doing the Word of God. So Satan is out to tap the tree of life. Now, the tree of life is the wholesome tongue, or the tongue. Now, it can either be used as a tree of life or a tree of death. The 18th chapter of Proverbs tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So see, that's what Satan's been out to do all these years. He's still trying to get at that tree of life. And that's why it's so important for you to understand that if you have the knowledge of God and what God has said, then we need to proclaim what God has said. Because, quite frankly, many Christians suffer tragic things happening in their lives because they get sidetracked from the Word of God and begin to speak their fears and their doubts and their unbelief. Now, someone stated it this way, and I think it's real good. They said, you can't keep the devil put doubt in your mind sometimes. But those doubts will die unborn unless you speak them. Now, see, that's true. You can't keep the devil from putting some doubt in your mind about something. Because, see, if you don't know about something, well, then you're in doubt about it. But, you know, when you know something, when you know what God says, and then you won't believe it, you're not in doubt anymore. You're in unbelief. And, see, there's a difference in doubt and unbelief. Doubt is when you just don't know. But when you have the knowledge and still won't believe, you're not in doubt. You've switched over into unbelief, and that's a sin, brother. And that's what happened to the children of Israel. They knew what God said, but they just didn't believe it and would not confess it, would not proclaim it. So what I'm saying is that the promises of God, in the Word of God, all of these promises in the New Covenant... God's already said yes to him. The Apostle Paul said that. My preaching to you was not yea and nay, but yes and amen. In other words, God's already said yes to every promise in the new covenant. So God's willing for it. But if you don't agree with it, and if you don't proclaim and mix faith with what God has said, then you'll never have that image inside you. Job was highly developed with the wrong image. Now, not only... Can Job be that way? But you can be the same way. Have you ever heard people say, well, you know, if I ever confess the promise of God, it just takes weeks and months before it ever comes to pass. But just let me say one thing that is contrary to the Word of God, and said, it just happens overnight. Well, the reason for that, you're more highly developed in your fear than you are your faith. The more highly developed you get in either fear or faith, the quicker the manifestation will come. And you need to understand that your development of your faith comes by confessing, proclaiming, agreeing with what God said in His Word. God bless you. I do appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. We have a DVD offer number 7856 entitled Calling Things That Are Not As Though They Were. Now, this is one of my favorite subjects. I get more excited about teaching this subject than any other, I suppose. It's a 60-minute video for $20 plus $4 postage and handling. Calling things that are not as though they were. Now, what does that mean? Calling things that are not manifest 
as though they were manifest until they are manifest. Now you say, well, now that just sounds foolish to me. Well, now let me ask you something. You walk into an elevator on the first floor of the hotel and you want to go to the fifth floor of the hotel. Do you punch one or do you punch five? If you punch one, you're going to stay right where you are. And so many people are doing that. They're saying what they have. And when you say what you have, you have what you say. And that's what the scripture tells us. Jesus said, whosoever shall say. Believe, doubt not his heart, believe what he's saying will come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, when God gave Abram the promise, he was 75 years old, but he could not get Abram to say what God said about him. He said, you will be a blessing to all the nations of the world, and your seed will be as a sand upon the seashore, and so on. But Abram could not see it, so he couldn't believe it. And you'll notice in the 15th chapter of Genesis, when God appeared to him, Abram said to God, What will you give me, seeing I go childless? He had told him that he's going to give him everything he could see, and he saw himself childless. He taught Abraham faith by calling things that are not as though they were. And that's the way God teaches us faith, is by calling for what we don't have. Offer number 7856 for a total of $24. Toll-free order line is 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this Charles Caps reminding you, the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400. Or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.